Hey everyone, welcome back to the program. I'm sitting here today with Becca. Becca, thank you so much for being part of the program. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. For those who are not familiar with the work you're doing, let them know about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a mental health therapist. I've been in the field for about 15 years, um, specialized in sexual trauma and sexually maladaptive behavior. I help people to overcome shame. Um, I do some coaching as well and public speaking and really just talk a lot about overcoming limiting beliefs and um, low self-esteem and shame in their life. How much is shame and limiting beliefs tied into together? Oh, so much. So a lot of times the reason that we limit ourselves is because of the shame that we have in our life. And a lot of times people don't even recognize that they have it because they've just had it for so long. And so we look through this lens of shame and we just believe that we can't do things that we actually can do. Mm, powerful. So when you and I actually met, we met in Canada and you shared your story of overcoming traumatic events. And of course, it's a powerful story that everyone should hear. But let's talk a little bit about overcoming that shame, overcoming that traumatic event. What are some strategies we can implement to actually overcoming shame that is tied to these traumatic events? Yeah. So the first thing is really just being cognizant of what they are, what shame is in your life, right? Like I said, a lot of times people don't even recognize that they have it or they don't want to deal with it because it's really hard to kind of come up against it. Right. And shame grows in the dark. That's what it does. Mm -hmm. And so shame tries to keep us quiet. So really the first piece of it is sitting down with a therapist or a coach or a counselor or somebody to kind of identify some of those pieces um, and then be able to address them and identify them. And then what we have to do is figure out what cognitive distortions or negative core beliefs about ourselves or the world we have created based on those traumatic events, based on the shame. And then we have to attack them. Like it's, it's literally like a like an enemy in your home. You can't allow it to stay anymore. So you have to attack it, identify it, attack it, replace it. Mm. So we talk about the start of the new year. Most often individuals will set either goals, New Year's resolutions, or they'll establish one word. And this one word anchors everything they do for the rest of the year. Where do you find yourself leaning towards the New Year's resolutions or the one word? Honestly, I love to try to create goals every quarter anyway. So typically I, I am more of a New Year's resolution person. I have been praying a little bit about kind of coming up with a, a word sometimes, uh, but I think that that's, it's really just about knowing what you want and then getting it right. So for me, I'm more of probably a goal person than a word person, but if I feel like God has given me a word or there's some word that kind of stands out that I'll stand on that. But for the most part, I'm all about goals. I'm of the belief that the relationship between faith and fear is like, it's like oil and water, right? They, they don't really kind of coincide, but for that individual that, has faith, right, that God is real, has faith that God has a purpose for them, but they are still de dealing with the fear that's tied into all of these traumatic events. What could they do today to actually move a little closer to faith and further from fear? Yeah, that's a great question. So fear is is really what keeps us held back, right? And so the first point is really identifying what are some things that hold us back, right? And then what do you want to be? So a lot of times when you try to figure out where you want to go, that's when you'll start to realize that there's things that hold you back. So figuring out what that is and then starting to address those negative core beliefs about yourself so that you can believe that you can do it. Because really, a lot of times we don't even believe that we can do hard things. We don't believe that we can do the things that maybe we haven't done before or that our parents haven't done or things that we can't even imagine doing. So the big part of it really starts with believing in yourself. And I always say, number one is stop breaking promises to yourself. Mm 
So if you make a promise to yourself, keep it. Because so many times we break promises to ourselves, we would never break to those loved ones in our life. So the first one is if you keep, if you make a prompt, make, make sure that it's an, a realistic expectation of yourself and then keep it. You mentioned that you like to do quarterly goals with mm -hmm. reference to leaning versus uh, one word or New Year's resolutions. You do quarterly goals and try to maintain momentum. But if there was one word that would encompass your entire life's work, what would that one word be? Oh, man, you are just laying it on today. Let's see. I, I think it would be freedom, honestly. That's what it would be, freedom. Because I think that shame keeps us chained. You know, the, the book that I'm working on right now is called Out of the Pig Pen, My Journey Out of Shame. And it's a parallel to the prodigal son. And it's really, to me, I, I think of it as almost like just this quicksand of, of mud and shame and mud, right? And so it keeps me held down. And so that freedom of being able to get out and enjoy being able to move and do things and do what God has called us to do. And really the, the shackles that hold us back is shame. That individual that's not familiar with the story of the prodigal son, can you kind of sum it up for us here today? Absolutely. Yeah. So prodigal son basically is a, is a parable that happened in the Bible where uh, a boy came to his father and said, hey, I want the inheritance early before you die. I want to take the money. He gave the money to him. He squandered it all on prostitutes and drugs and alcohol and all the things that that um, you probably shouldn't spend money on. And then he got to a place where he actually he was homeless and had nothing. And so he actually started eating with the pigs, which you know a lot about Jewish culture, it's really dirty and really gross. So he was eating with the pigs and he stopped and he said to himself, you know what, I'd rather be a servant in my father's home than eat with these pigs. And so he came back and tried to mend things with his dad. But the beautiful thing was that the father was waiting for him the entire time. And so I love that story because not only did he bring him back just as a servant, like he thought, he actually brought him back as a son. He said, you'll always be my son. And so my relationship with God is similar where I have ran away and tried to push myself away from him and thought he would never accept me. And when I came back, he was, he was waiting with open arms. For those individuals that are connected with us and want to get connected with you, how could they do so? Yeah, so I have a website where you can book me to speak, which is BeccaDawn.com. So it's B-E-K-A-H Dawn.com. You can find me on social media. I'm very active on, on Facebook. I'm starting to try to get a little more active on Instagram. I'm trying. I'm, I'm kind of old school with Facebook, but you can look me up on Be as Becca George, B-E-K-A-H George, G-E-O-R-G-E. -E. Um, and I would love to connect any way that that you want to follow me, follow along with me. Awesome. Becca, thank you so much for being part of the program. Thanks, Miguel. I appreciate you. Yes, ma'am.